Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, and back after his week-long hiatus is Jordan Climax. Jordan, how did your vacation treat you, my friend? Oh, it was good, man. It was, uh, you know, like a three- or four-day bender there. It got a little, got a little intense, got a little out of hand, as they say. But, um, yeah, it was good. Uh, some much-needed time off, but... Uh, back and ready to dive into things man so let's let's go ahead and get right into it real quick for the listeners did you end up playing some golf on your uh on your vacation i did and it's a it's a it's a, it's a sad story so i i went out and played a birthday round of golf last friday and my driver ended up breaking during that uh round of golf so oh, no. i'm currently without a driver and yeah so it's a sore subject i'm not ready to talk about it yet man of course, you got to try and bring it out of me, Henry. I've only been back for two minutes, and you're already making me talk about my broken driver, man. Come on. I picked a uh, I picked a sore subject. Uh, I have a you funny. Did. I have a quick funny story that I will share on this podcast, and then we'll actually get into the the main topic. But one time, I was playing with my dad. My dad's a, a pretty solid golfer, and he was really What's his handicap. What's his handicap? Uh, he's he's about an eleven <laughs> now. He okay, used to be pretty good. Pretty good. used to be even better, and probably was better at this time. And he's really struggling. And so I we're making a little bit of fun of him on the first team, me and my uncle. And he hit. Uh, we may have made a bet that he was going to hit the his drive into the water. And after hitting his drive into the water, my dad proceeded to throw his driver into the lake. Then he, then he realized that he did not want to lose that driver. So my dad ended up stripping on the golf course into his <laughs> underwear and dove after the driver in the golf course lake and was able to retrieve it. That's but, dedication, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't snap it, so he was able to get it back. But that that, that is a, a famous story in our household is my uncle and I betting on, on my dad hitting at the water and then him chucking the driver into the middle of the, of the course. Like, so Jordan, you're not alone. It is a very, very frustrating <laughs> game. Yeah, I'm just throwing the call, throwing the club in the water. And then like, you have that real realization, ah, you know what? I kind of need that. And I'm just going to dive right into the water. I can't say I've ever done that, but uh, I have been that guy on the course to uh, get very angry after a, botched wedge shot and snaps uh, a pitching wedge over my knee and uh yeah so yeah like you said very frustrating game and it, it brings out the worst in people sometimes <laughs> it does it does it, it it's definitely the most frustrating sport so we, we can transition to a less frustrating sport <laughs> in, in football though though i for bronze fans i would argue it's been pretty frustrating uh particularly at the quarterback position pre-baker mayfield so now the Browns have a quarterback, right? And this is a decision the Browns fans and the Browns team hasn't really had to worry about in quite a long time. And that's whether or not to extend their quarterback and at what price, Jordan. And this has been the talk of the last couple of weeks ever since Mike Tannenbaum called Baker Mayfield a replaceable part and that you know extending him would lead the Browns down a mediocre path. We, we've, we've talked about that before, but there was some more real news that came out uh, since the last time we talked, Jordan, that I did want to discuss on the pod today. And, and then beyond that, get your thoughts on Baker's extension in general. So the biggest thing was that Jeremy Fowler reported 
that Baker Mayfield is not going to take a discount this summer. And that kind of came in conjunction with his agent saying that he thought something would get done this summer. So at first people were like, oh, maybe Baker's willing to take a little hometown discount. Then Jeremy Fowler reports, no, Baker is not going to, to take a discount. What did you make of, of those two reports that came out right before July 4th? One, not surprising whatsoever. I mean, the way I look at it, Henry, is why, why should he? You know, what, why should he take a discount? I don't know. You know, this is a time where you got to go out and, you know, just before you're kind of entering your prime, this is that contract where you really start to make money. I don't think he's in the position whatsoever to say, you know, let me get that home count, hometown discount right now. I think that comes later in your stage when you're a veteran and you've kind of been through wars and, you know, you've won a couple of big games here or there. Then you start saying, oh, I'll take a little bit of a discount on that third contract. And we'll see how the salary cap plays out with the rest of the team after that. But yeah, no, I just wasn't surprised by this, Henry. And I don't, I don't think he should. Do you, I mean, do you think he should? I, I definitely don't. I, I go get your money. There is always a lot of pressure. I feel like on NFL quarterbacks following Tom Brady to take a discount. And, and at this point, I think everybody's acknowledged that, Hey, Tom Brady was in a totally different situation. He has a supermodel for a wife he was in a position to take a, a discount that most other quarterbacks would not, uh, you know, in, without feeling the same impact. And then beyond that, you're right, Jordan, that Baker Mayfield, this is his, you know, his first chance to make, you know, in that really generational type money. Of course he's made money from his rookie contracts being the number one overall pick, but we're talking about a hundred million plus dollars in guaranteed money. I mean, that's a different level of financial wealth that, that you just can't pass up. And I would, if I was in his position, I wouldn't take a discount. I, this is, this is somebody's money we're talking about. So I always find it ironic when people are talking about, Oh, Baker Mayfield should, should take a discount. It's like, Oh, well, if at your job, if they were like, Oh, you like it here. So <laughs> right. why don't you take a discount? It's like, no, you still want to get paid what you want to get paid. And Baker Mayfield's in that same situation that many of us, you know, have been in where it's like, yeah, we like our company, but also want to get the check too. that, that we're, you know, we're getting rewarded for our efforts. Yeah. It, it all goes back to the same thing, right? It applies to everyday business, every person at their job or whatever. It's like, you have to look out for yourself because at the end of the day, who's really looking out for you, right? I mean, that, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And especially at this age, I mean, I know he's making money with, you know, the progressive commercials and all that, you know, those, those progressive checks, uh, they hit a little bit different than the uh, NFL dollars do, but yeah, I mean, come on, go, go get your money, man. You're young and it, it's your time. And here's the other thing too. It, it, can Browns fans be logical for a second? And like, are we really coming out with this? <laughs> Baker should take a discount already. Like, come on. We haven't had a quarterback in how long? And you're in the second that, you know, the one quarterback that we do have is up for an extension. We're going to sit here like, yeah, you know, there's some other guys, you know, it'd be pretty nice if he would maybe give us a discount. No, stop. Let him get his money. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation because you don't want to do something ridiculous as a the, the Browns front office, but you also have to recognize the position you're in where – if you're the Patriots, yeah, maybe you can take a risk to not, you know, uh, not put a ton of money in the quarterback position. Like at some point, somebody's going to decide, hey, our quarterback is not worth it. You know, every, we've seen the numbers. You know, basically every team that, that's won a Super Bowl in the last 15 years or so has had, you know, a, 
their quarterback either not making top 10 money or a combination of their best couple players not making a, you know, a, a third of the salary cap or so. It's kind of one of those two rules. So, you know, there is the thought that, hey, at some point somebody's going to say, we're not going to extend our, our quarterback for big money off this rookie contract. We're going to go at it again. That's not the Browns. That can be the Patriots or the Steelers or the Ravens, some other team that has had a, a you know, a, a history of, of success. The Browns cannot be the ones to take that kind of risk. I know they're an analytics-focused front office, but to get your first quarterback, that's really a viable franchise option for the first time in, in several decades. They better not be the team to take that risk, at least from my perspective. I, I don't know if I could take that, Jordan. So what do you think, Henry? Do you lean more towards like a, a payday kind of quite like we haven't really seen here? Or do you lean more towards a, you know, discount kind of friendly deal? Because I, I, I'm, I'm honestly starting to lean towards the, the payday that we haven't seen yet type contract. When you say payday we haven't seen yet, are you talking about resetting the market above Mahomes? Above not 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 above Mahomes because I think he's in a, in, a, in a class of his own. But when I when I think about the Baker contract, I always bring it back to Dak Prescott, right? And he signed that four year, hundred sixty million dollar deal. Now, you and I can both sit here and we know, yeah, Dak Prescott has all the stats and that. He still hasn't won a playoff game. Baker Mayfield has won a playoff game and it looks like he's going to have a chance to win multiple playoff games for years to come. Now, I think that it's a strong and honestly at this point likely because we see it all the time. If you remember with Miles Garrett, when he signed that extension and he became the highest paid defensive end in, in NFL. And then two weeks later, Joey Bosa becomes the highest paid. End. And like these, these things reset themselves every time a contract is up. So I think that it is a strong possibility that we're looking at North of $160 million here maybe in the 175 to 200 range. I really wouldn't be shocked. To me, the, de- the timing is, is important here. And I'll flip this question back to you. So do you think it gets done this summer? Let's talk about that report. Because to me, that's going to be a big uh, deciding factor in how much money this is, is does Baker get this done this summer? Or is it something that gets done into the season or even next season after this season has played out because just going, you know, just looking at when these extensions have happened, Wentz was in June, Mahomes was in July, Goff and Watson were both in September back-to-back years. So this is kind of the window right now. Typically once you get past September, it doesn't really happen in in season. So Gordon, do you think it gets done now? Because if it doesn't get done now, there's a lot more variability based on what happens this season because Lamar Jackson's up for an extension. Josh Allen's up right. for an extension. Rodgers might restructure. There, A whole lot of other factors could come into play if it's next summer. I really do think that it gets done uh, this summer, and it's kind of a twofold thing, right? So we heard from uh, Baker's agent who actually sat down with uh, Tony Grossi, colleague of mine, and you know he said, like, hey, the ball is kind of in the Browns court, right? Like, like we're ready to go. It's, it's, it's kind of on the team, which I don't know if I read too much into that, if that's just kind of the agent playing the team, you know, through the media, you know, it could be one, it could, could be one of those situations, but at the same time, you look at it from the Browns perspective, right? It, it would make sense if you're the Browns for an office. And, and we know every move that they make is, is very calculated. When you talk about, um, you know, Andrew Barry and Paul D Podesta and how they kind of, evaluate things from a front office standpoint. I think it makes sense for them to get this deal done in July sometime, maybe August and, and in training camp before training camp before, before the season starts in general, I think it makes sense 
I think the team would want to, because again, Henry, you talked about the different variables that come into play. If, uh, you know, if this goes on beyond this year and, and, and we let the regular season play out, because I don't think that there will be contract negotiations, negotiations going on during the season. But again, the, the better he plays in each game, he becomes a little bit more expensive. Now, if you wait to, to do this till next year and say the Browns make that Super Bowl run, say they make that run in the AFC championship game that a lot of people are hoping and even expecting, then all of a sudden he becomes a lot more expensive than he is right now. Then I think you're looking at north of $200 million, somewhere in the 250 range. And again, that's unheard of money. So I, and, and then when you talk about the guys on the back end, like the Denzel Ward and the Nick Chubb, and I think that the front office values re-signing those guys and keeping those guys here long-term, it makes sense, I think, from the Browns' perspective to get this deal done. However, if you flip it over to the other side, does it make sense for Baker to get it done? I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we know the kind of person that he is. He likes to bet on himself. He likes when he's doubted. So if he's going to bet on himself, his best bet is probably to, uh, you know, say, look, I don't want to get a deal done. I'm going to bet on myself this year and see how it goes. Because, again, if the Browns make that playoff run that we expect them to make, all of a sudden his price becomes a lot more expensive, Henry. And, and that's the key right there, Jordan, for me. As I've thought about this more and more, I don't think an extension is going to get done this summer because I don't think if you're Baker Mayfield, it makes sense to do this this summer. So you look at the market and... So then real quick, real quick. So if if that's the case, then do do you think what his agent said was just totally to put this on the team and not have it be like, hey, it's, it's our end that doesn't want to get this done. Like, hey, we're just waiting for them. Like, you think that's just total agent speak? Exactly. I think he's putting the pressure yeah. on the Browns because here's here's the thing. It 100% makes sense if you're the Browns to do it this summer, right? Because like we just talked about, Lamar Jackson's going to reset the market. Josh Allen's going to reset the market. And Baker Mayfield is in an, an extremely advantageous situation this year. He's got a great setup around him, a great offensive line. Like you said, the Browns are likely, you know, projected – to win double-digit games and go to the playoffs. If that happens, the price is only going up. So if you're Baker Mayfield, they're sitting there and like, unless I get hurt, there's really a high, high chance my price is going up unless they're already giving me the, the Dak Prescott type of money, $40 million plus annually. If you're the Browns, giving that kind of money 40 plus million dollars annually right now, when you could wait another season, when you're still going to have to pay something absurd anyway, at at that point, it doesn't make sense if you're the Browns to pony up all that money now. So yes, that's exactly what I think is happening. I think the agent is trying to position it to put it on the Browns, put some pressure on them because likely what happened is this, this is just total speculation from my part. You've got Dak, You've got Mahomes and you've got Watson. Watson's a shade under 40 million, but those three guys are right now at the top of the market. Wilson is fourth at $35 million a year. Then you get into Goff, Kirk Cousins, Wentz, whatever. My guess is the Browns would offer something right now in the mid 30s in terms of annual value for Baker Mayfield. Put him right around Russell Wilson, maybe slightly ahead, slightly below. Just, you know, Wilson signed his deal a little while ago, but. You know, they're probably saying, hey, we're not going to go over Watson. We're not going to go over uh, uh, Dak at this point. Uh, how can you not? Of- how, how, how can you not know? That's my question. Is like, how, like, how can you justify saying that 
we're not going to pay you like you're our guy, but Hey, we're not going to pay you as much as this guy that really hasn't done anything other than lead his team to mediocrity for a handful of years. I, I don't know how you can justify that. And then well, if that's I, the case, doesn't that offend him in the negotiation process? I, I don't, I mean, I, I do think it would offend him um, or potentially, but I think the bronze positioning on it would be, Hey, we're going to be happy to pay you that if you perform this well again this year, but Two years ago, without Kevin Stefanski, you know, and this is, again, I, this is just from what the Browns would be saying is, hey, two years ago, you wouldn't have gotten this extension at all. So, you know, this, you played great last year, and we expect you to do that well again. And if you do, we're going to pay you what the market tells, you know, says we're going to pay you. But we're not going to pay you a year early to, to reset the market when we're going to have to do that anyway if you play that well a year later. But he, so here are the other things that play into that, though. Do, are you in agreement that you think that, because like, I mentioned the other guys, like a, a Nick Chubb, a, a Denzel Ward, we throw Wyatt Teller into that mix as well, of guys that are going to be due for extensions here. Don't you think it makes sense from a financial standpoint for a team to be to say, hey, let's figure out this quarterback situation first. Let's take care of that. Let's get that off the books and then worry about the other guys on the back end. I, I, like, I think that plays into it as well. In terms of the in terms of the the immediacy of getting a deal done for, with Baker, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. To be honest, uh, I, I think they the the Browns can plan around that, uh, it, especially because I don't think they're necessarily going to extend Nick Chubb early earlier than they have to. So I don't think it's a huge concern. And really, with all these guys, I think with Ward too, they're probably not. And maybe with Ward, they'll they'll find some sort of agreement that kind of makes sense for both sides, given his injury history, where he may be willing to kind of you know ease some of the burden, but uh, just because of of his injuries, that he may not want to take on that risk. Well, and and so he's he actually take, from here, right? When you talk about the 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 quote yeah, unquote the, hometown discount, yeah, that <laughs> that part too. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. Are the Browns really ahead of time going to reset the market minus Patrick Mahomes for Baker Mayfield? To me, that feels a little high. And so my point would be, hey, we're, we're just going to wait it out if that's the kind of money he's looking for. Now, so I, again, I don't think he should take a discount, but I don't think you, you know, if the Browns and Baker reach a deal that's $38 million a year, to me, that's not a discount for Baker Mayfield. That's making him the third or fourth highest paid quarterback in the league when he's not playing at that level right now. I mean, he's maybe the eighth best quarterback in the league, but to me, that's, that's a reasonable price to come to. That's not really a discount, but if you're Baker, you're probably saying, screw that in in a year, that'll be the eighth highest salary because Lamar will get paid because Josh Allen will get paid. And a year from now, you're going to be forced to pay me 43, 44, you know, and, and that may be the case, but if, if I'm the Browns, I'd be like, cool, we'll be happy to do that a year from now. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And then, and I guess if that's the case too, do you, you know, people in the national media and I guess you could even localize it have, you know, for whatever reason, spend 20 out of the 24 hours a day trying to pick random things to pick apart at Baker. And I, I, I can just see it right now. Right. Of, you know, the whole, you know, if, if, um, you know, the Browns do have a successful year and they wait on this contract extension. And then all of a sudden it becomes Baker's asking for that Mahomes-ish type money. Then all of a sudden, you know, the conversation is going to be, well, does he really value winning then? Because, you know, you know what I mean? Like, because if he did, then he'd be taking less money to keep all the, you know, the 
good players around him that are going to be up for extension. So I, I like, I can already see that being the case. And I'm just going to go back to what, um, you know, Baker's agent had said, Jack Mills uh, being Baker's agent. Uh, again, he, he did say that he expected a deal to get done this season. And he also said verbatim that they aren't going to wait out the other two quarterbacks in terms of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson to get their deals done. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. It's interesting to see what exactly happens, Henry, and how this exactly plays out. But it's one of those things where I can, I, I mean, of course it's like, you know, the, the bad radio answer to say, but like, I, I really do see both things being strong possibilities. I know that's, you know, not, no one's getting out of their chair. Like, Oh, he just came out with such a, a staunch stance on something. <laughs> but I mean, that's just kind of the reality. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, let, let me ask you this. What would be your walkaway number? For Mayfield, if his if his agent comes out and says we want forty five million a year, like Patrick Mahomes, is that too much? You know, Dax at forty two. If he asks at forty three, is that too much? You know, what's what's the line for you, Jordan? Where you, you know, if you're the Browns in this position, you're saying no, we're going to wait it out. Probably that. You, so it, it's forty five for Mahomes, correct? Forty five a year. Yeah, 40, 45 annually uh, for Mahomes. And yeah, what did I say? Oh, Dak's at 40, 40. Uh, Dak's so, at 40, right. And um, then Watson's so yeah. thir- 39-ish. It would have, like, because look, I mean, God, I, I keep coming back to it, but Henry, it's like Deshaun's at 39, Dak's at 40. It's factual to say that Baker has done more in his career than those guys. I know you can point to the stats and, you know, the eye mm, test uh, and all well, that. He has. I No, he has. I, you can't argue He's won a playoff game. You can argue that he's done more than, or you can argue that Deshaun Watson has done more than Baker Mayfield in his. Has he has he taken his team to the playoffs and won a playoff game? He's taken his team to the playoffs. I mean, has he won a playoff game? So there's a difference between getting into the playoffs. He's 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 also had more consistent seasons than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's had one. Full season that was consistent, and then his rookie year was a great rookie year. But Deshaun he, Watson's played at a, a, a top ten level every season he's been in the NFL. And that two year, and that year two, we sat on this podcast, you and I both, and said that that's an anomaly. That's almost a throwaway. That everything that was going on that year. So I mean, you take it if you take that away, it's two great years and a playoff win. And it's not just a playoff win; it's it's eighteen years of of not making the playoffs, and 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 you know. 27 years of not winning a playoff game, winning in Pittsburgh. Like all that matters. And all that is more impressive to me than anything Dak Prescott has done or Deshaun Watson has done. It just is. 
I, I mean, I agree with you on Dak. I, I don't agree with you on Watson. I think right now today, like if you just pulled the average NFL team, would they rather have Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield? Everybody's okay, taking yeah, that's, Deshaun that, Watson. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't read into any of that because if you pulled people on who you'd rather have, Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray, they're both still going to pick Ky- those two guys over Baker Mayfield. And that's complete nonsense with all these damn lists that I see coming out with Kyler Murray. So you, you wouldn't and all take- bullshit. You wouldn't take Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield right now. Like, it, forget I'm, no, forget, I mean, I, Cle- not... forget Cleveland. Like, if you're if you're the Chargers, like you wouldn't take Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield right now. I mean, I mean, I can give you the kind of bullshit answer and say obviously not with everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, okay, but <laughs> sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, realistically, do I think that from a skill set standpoint, Deshaun Watson is probably a little bit more uh, dynamic and, and valuable, maybe, but I don't think it's by a lot. I, I definitely don't think it's, a, it, it's enough to warrant like those just nonsense trade discussions that we had to address earlier in the year. I don't, I don't think it's enough to warrant that. So I don't know. I, I just think that when it comes down to it, you can sit here and say that he's done more. And I expect Baker to do more than both of those guys. I mean, you could maybe sit here and say, well, Deshaun Watson is more mobile than Baker. So he's more valuable, whatever. At the end of the day, I'm looking at wins and losses. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so, all right. So we've got 40 is, is Dak and 45 is Mahomes. It sounds like you're somewhere in the middle of there. Is that, yeah, is that yeah. fair to say? And, and, and then, very, with, yeah. So, so give me the number in there. Is it, or is it 45? I mean, is that the, is that the line? Or 45 is, at, yeah, 45, I, I draw the line just because, like, hey, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, dude's walking on water in Kansas City. I mean, he's, he's in the league of his own right now, but. I just think that if you can't, if, if, if I understand the Cowboys too, but I'm just going to keep going back to it. I just, I, I, I don't think you can justify paying him less than Dak Prescott. I just, I just don't know how that's possible. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to use another team's. I mean, to me, I see the the Dak Prescott contract as a mistake. So you know I don't what want I, to use that as I mean, a justification, though. right? But, but, but though, like at the end of the day, when you look at it and say, like, when it comes down to extension, because like we said, I think these things reset themselves, and not to mention too, I don't know if you know, the NFL has that crazy TV deal kicking in next year. Like, does that play into it as well? Is it going to be one of those things where we look at it now, like this is such a ridiculous contract. And then in a couple of years, like, no, 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 that was a contract that was kind of prepared to take on the rise in salary that each team is going to see every year. Yeah. And that may be the other piece of this. And it's always talked about in the NBA. I do think it's an interesting possibility in the NFL too, is they always talk about years, not dollars. Sometimes right. is the key distinction. And maybe this is a deal for Baker that's a, an extra year or or something a little bit longer to give the Browns, you know, a little bit of a carrot for going into the 40s. Um, you know, if, if the Browns go to 41 or, or exceed that DAC deal for me, I'm not going to throw my arms up in the air. Just because, like you said, these things reset themselves with Lamar, with Josh Allen yeah. coming. To me, it's like, okay, if you're going to go above 40, I almost want them to do it quickly so it's just above 40 or or something, you know, where they don't have to also go above Lamar, above Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, I'd like I, – I think 38, 39 would be the number I would look for, but that, that may be unrealistic at this point. He may just say no. But if it's me, then, as I said, the reason I think this doesn't get done is if I'm the Browns, I'm like, okay, cool, like – we could walk away and make you prove it for another year. Maybe that's a bad idea because if he does play that well, they're, they're going to, 
uh, they're going to have to to pay even more than the low forties. I just think to me, to me, the risk reward there it starts to get dicey uh, once you're up into the forty plus million dollar a year range. I mean, guys like Wentz and Golf are making thirty three or thirty two. I mean, the, the, it's a different situation when you're talking about getting in the forties. These just keep going up so much, you know. With Mahomes, I mean, he really just. Honestly, Mahomes threw a whole wrench in this by going that yeah, high. I know he's the best quarterback and <laughs> he deserved to reset the market by that much, but it's just, it's getting to insane at this point. You mentioned it, the cap's going to go up. It's projected to go up year over year here, 10 million plus every year. So ultimately, I don't think it's a massive hamstring, but I just like to see another season out of Baker if I'm going to put it at $42 million a year or something like that. You're, uh, you're, I, you're under the, uh, if you want an extension, right? Like you're not one of those guys that like, Hey, oh, I don't, I, I need to see more of this year. Cause I've the amount of calls that I've taken and, and all that of people like, you know, I don't know about an extension, man. I might need to see another year. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, what more do you need to see? To me, to me, it's not a question of the extension. It's a question of, okay. If Baker plays like, if he has like a slight regression from last year and the Browns go, you know, 10 and seven and get and lose in the, you know, lose by a touchdown in the first round of the playoffs to me, then you're like, okay, Baker's still got to be the quarterback. Like he's still a top 12 guy. You have to extend those guys. Top 12 quarterbacks are not replaceable parts, despite whatever Mike Tannenbaum, whatever he was trying to say. You want to bind yourself to mediocrity in, in the words but, of Mike Tannenbaum. But if you're paying the 10th or 12th best quarterback, I don't want to pay him record setting money either. And so that's the distinction to me is, is I, I feel like right now there's still a huge range on where Baker slots in as far as the NFL quarterback hierarchy. If he's 12 to me, the extension conversation is just different numbers versus if he's like seven, six, you know, if he has an unbelievable year and you're like, maybe this guy could be a top five quarterback. Cool. We're resetting the market tomorrow. Like that's fine. But if he's 12, then you're like, all right, I want an extension because we, we, there's no other way to go about this, but I don't want to have to to do something ridiculous here. Yeah, well, and like you said, to go back to your point, it, it's all timing, right? Because we can sit here and say, wow, record-setting money, kind of like, what are we doing? Didn't expect it to be that much. And that could only be the conversation for like two months, right? And then all of a sudden, it's Josh Allen. And then all of a sudden, like, wow, record-setting money. And then all of a sudden, it's Lamar Jackson. And then in a couple of years, it's Justin Herbert, it's Joe Burrow, it's these guys. So I, I you know what I mean? I, I think that maybe that could happen. And if it does, though, it's only going to be the conversation for a short period of time. Yeah. Ah, gosh, it's it's a tough call, right? Like this is not yeah. this. This is part of the reason I think people are a little bit all over the place on this topic is it's not cut and dry. Like if he's Mahomes, it's one thing. If right. he's. I, I want to say golf, but they extended golf anyway because they went so far. But, uh, you know, if he's a, a Kirk Cousins level type of guy, you know, then it's not uh, so difficult of a problem. You're you're not worried uh, about it. You're like, all right, cool. Like if he plays well, we'll extend him. But if he doesn't, like we can get rid of him. So, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just like either way, Baker Mayfield's going to be the quarterback of this team. And that's the thing, right? Yeah, it's like, and he should be. And he should be. Yeah, they have his fifth year option. Like if they couldn't, if they could never reach an extension, like you've got the franchise tax, like Baker is not going anywhere from this team. Yeah. It's just a question of, hey, what we're doing for an extension, does this make sense for where our team is right now?
And technically, I mean, technically speaking, you can wear out that franchise tag for four straight years. So, I mean, I mean, five for five years from now, we're likely still going to have Baker Mayfield on this team. I mean, that's a, another rabbit hole that you don't want to get down of, you know, franchise tagging year after year because you talk about that market value. That's how the franchise tag work. It goes to the highest paid player at that position. You make that kind of money. So, I mean, that's another rabbit hole that you don't want to get into. I think the Browns would like to avoid that situation as well, and as would Baker for – a long-term situation when you talk about those years on a contract. Yeah. But again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, they're not going to get to the end of the franchise tax, but it's like, you could pick up the fifth year option and do a franchise tag for a year and still like there's, there's, yeah, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. There's, there's almost no scenario that I can envision unless Baker suffers a, you know, a catastrophic injury, knock on wood. Bite your tongue, Um, bite your tongue. (laughs) I I knocked on wood. I have a wood table. I promise. Unless something like that happens. The Browns are not getting rid of Baker. And and that's why, yes, the trade talks, all that kind of stuff are ridiculous. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just figuring out what makes sense from a team building perspective, you know, wh- where you have the appropriate amount of be- invested in your quarterback. Whether, you know, if he's a top six guy, boom, we have the top six money invested in him. If he's a top 12 guy, we've got top 12 money invested in him. That's, that's what I think is the key about this di- discussion and why it's such a difficult choice is because, like you talked about, Year two was such an anomaly. Year three was almost an anomaly in the sense that like things went so well. There's such a large gap between what the Baker Mayfield was in year yeah. two versus year three. You're like, well, where and the it, hell does he well, fall in that? And to take it one step further, there's such a large gap between Baker Mayfield of week three last year and like week 13 of last year, right? Like that, you, you have to take that uh-huh. into consideration as well. Yeah, we were just talking about it. I actually, while you were gone, I had a guest on John Vogel, who's a huge Baker Mayfield guy. He was had him as the number one QB in the draft in 2018 and has been defending him ever since. And he was, you know, we were talking about the last, you know, eight, 10 weeks of the season where Baker Mayfield looked like a top five guy. And he was saying, yeah, I think he can still get there. You know, usually quarterbacks historically don't take that kind of leap this late in their career where they really, you know, usually if you're a top five guy, like it's apparent right away. Yeah. There are exceptions, Russell Wilson being one of them. But for the most part, guys don't take that major leap this late in their career. But if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Baker Mayfield because he basically lost the first two years plus of his career. And he's like, all of a sudden, we just saw him play like a top three quarterback the last eight weeks of the season. Why couldn't he be a, a top five or six guy? And I'm not ruling that out either. I just... It's like, okay, if we see that, then yeah, screw it. We're paying him whatever we want. If it's, if he's that guy, let's do it. Let's go for it. Like, oh, okay. Like, sure. We're going to have to pay him more money, but that's the best problem in the world to have. Exactly. And uh, all right. So real quick, before we sign off, I got to get your take. September 12th, obviously, you know, game one, regular season, Browns versus Chiefs in Kansas City. Give me a percentage that Baker Mayfield will have an extension done with the Browns before September 12th. I'm going to say 25%. As I said, so you think it's unlikely. I, I don't think it's going to get done because I think Baker rightfully is going to say, I'm going to play better this year than the kind of money you're offering me. And the Browns are going to say, all right, we'll wait it out uh, if that's the case. So I, my guess is the Browns will go into the high thirties with their offer and and Baker will turn it down and then he'll play well and he'll get $45 million a year next year. That's my hope, frankly, but I think the Browns will take that risk uh, is my guess that they'll use that year to double check, you know, collect more data points, double check Baker is the guy they think he is uh, and go from there. That's my, that's my hunch. 
if they come in at, if they come in at you know in, in the you know in the low 40s i'm not going to be shocked i'm not going to be floored if they get something done i just think it's more than likely that they all right so i'm going to flip it completely from what you said and i'm going to go with 75% um I just think that this is going to happen, and I think it's going to happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised, Henry, if we're sitting here in two weeks and you and I are doing a reaction podcast to a Baker Mayfield contract extension. Now, I'm not reporting anything, but you know, through conversations I've had with people that are close with the Browns and close to that situation, there's a pretty general understanding that understanding that Baker, the Browns understand that Baker is the guy and they're ready to move forward with it. And Baker understands that the Browns understand that he's the guy, if that makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. understanding going on there, but I, th- I just think that's the case. I think they're ready to get it rolling. I, I have heard from people inside the organization that say that like this is without question, the most dialed in from a, a front office to head coach to the players all buying in and ready to just keep this team together and move forward that they've ever seen really ever in Berea and we're going back to, you know, the, the success in the nineties and the eighties and all of that, like that's the, the conversation that's going around and in, in around Berea. So if that's the case, I think that they are ready to go forward with this. And again, I think that we're going to before September 12th, Henry, I think that you and I are going to be doing a podcast reacting to a Baker Mayfield contract extension. I really do. I tell you what I do think. And as I said, I'll stick with my prediction, but I do think if I'm wrong, you're correct in that I'm going to be wrong soon because yeah. they're not going to want to wait. Like if the, if the Browns are committed to getting this done, no matter what, they're not going to want to wait until a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen contract comes in because that's going to, you know, reset the market once again. So I do think you're right. Like if I'm wrong, it's a high likelihood yeah. that I'm wrong in the next like two to three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the thing about it, that's why I said September 12th, that first week too, because I think that once that, once we click in the regular season, it's, it's full systems go. It, it's, it's, you're thinking about football Monday through Sunday, really, right? Like you're focused on the task at hand, you know, the Stefanski's big thing of preaching to his players last year was like one week at a time. You focus on this week, you move on to the next week, focus on that week. I really think that they, the team takes on the mindset of him. So I don't think that there will be contract negotiations during the season. That's why I said that week one, but uh, yeah, I'll be ready to tell you that uh, you might be wrong in a couple of weeks here, Henry. <laughs> yeah, I and I will be prepared to admit it, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. All right, Jordan. I think that's enough for this episode. Hey, yeah, as we're recording this, it's July 13th. It'll come out a little bit later, but in exactly two weeks, Browns training camp begins. July yeah. 27th. I looked it up before the show. It's exactly two weeks from today. Browns training camp will begin. So we got plenty more to talk about. There's gonna be great training camp position battles going on. Plenty of other storylines as the Browns actually get to run their first like real training camp under Kevin Stefanski and company that's not hampered by COVID restrictions in the same way that they were last year. So, Jordan, we got football and coming data sooner rather than later. It's it's funny how fast these things start, Henry, because I, I remember like months ago, you and I doing, you know, really kind of just starting this podcast together and it was really at the, at the end of the last year, right? Like the, the whole season had wrapped up and we were kind of like, all right, we're super excited. Let's give everyone some good content, getting ready for this, this new bronze season. And all of a sudden it's like, it's here. And uh, like you said, two weeks till training camp. Uh, I plan on being out at training camp. It, it, there's still a lot to be determined in terms of, you know, media fans and all that, all that stuff has to still be worked out with the team. But I do plan on being out there 
at least once or twice a week. So, hey, I mean, be happy to provide everyone out there with some updates on what I'm seeing. And you and I will be breaking down position battles, you know, what we're going to expect to see from the rookies, how the injured guys are looking, coming back. There's a lot of good stuff to break down. So got to keep it right here, man. Uh, we'll have it all for you here on the rebuild. Yes, we will. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Until next time, Browns fans, two words for you. Go Browns.